Hello and welcome to the Light and Life podcast. We're a church based in Lancashire, England and a part of the Free Methodist family. Right here you'll find our weekly messages as well as a few extra conversations, reflections and studies. We'll take you straight to the message in a moment, but it would really help us if you would like, share and add a review for our podcast. Don't forget to follow us so that you don't miss anything and you can always find our most recent episodes. Thank you, and for now, we hope you enjoyed the message this week. Even as we've been worshipping, just the sense of the, the wonder and the presence of God is here. Like, it just... I'm so bowled over that the Holy Spirit just, um, even in that moment, just set me up to win. Um, Just in that moment, an unplanned refrain, spirit of the living God, come fall afresh on me, awake me from my sleep. That's what we've been looking at this, this weekend. Essentially, in a move of the spirit, an outpouring of the spirit, the whole point is that God is awakening us, his church, his followers, to who we really are, awaking us from a sleep or a slumber and saying, come on, wake up. The world is waiting for an encounter with the living God. Wake up, church. He's awakening us like Paul writes about, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Awake. We've been talking about this this weekend in a weekend that is a highlight in the church calendar. Every October we run a spiritual formation weekend. Last year we had the amazing privilege of welcoming a friend of mine called Dave Keeper. What a powerful weekend it was with God speaking into the hearts and lives of people in the church. And again, that awakening of what God was calling people into and seeing God pour his spirit out and bring healing, particularly physically in people's lives. Like this weekend is no exception. God has been doing extraordinary things in our midst as he pours out his spirit. Who was, who was at yesterday's meeting? Put your hands up. If you look around and find one of those people, if you didn't manage to get there, go and find out some of the stories of what God was doing um, for people in the room. And I want to give you a heads up, because I don't want anyone to miss out. Um, We've already booked in next year's Spiritual Formation Weekend. It's the 19th and 20th of October. So I don't mind if you just get your calendar out right now and just put that date in. Block it out. Um, We've got a speaker from Sweden um, called Richard Svensson. He's an international speaker. Um, He led one of the fastest growing AOG churches um, in Sweden in the early 2000s. He's now, he now sort of speaks all over the world. He's incredible, a great friend of mine, um, and he said yes to come to these dates, so please put them in the diary. I don't want you to miss out. <sighs> um, let me get back to this weekend, this awakening that is happening for us as a church family um, at this time, I want there to be a little bit of sobriety about this. The stakes are high, friends. The stakes are high. We say as a church that we are light and life, bringing light and life to a dark and dying world. And it is dark. 
We don't need to look far to see how dark it is. And I had a word from Kath just um, as I was uh, just worshipping then. She just said, you know, I just saw this image of us standing in formation as an army. You know, as God pours his spirit out, we should expect that the darkness quakes in fear of what God wants to do. Right? That's who we are. We are bringing light and life into the darkness. Do you know light shines brightest where there is darkness? But as I say, the stakes are high. We need to stand in formation like an army. Paul uses that imagery a lot, particularly in Ephesians, where he talks about the armour of God. We need to do that daily, putting on our armour, protecting all the parts of us that the enemy would want to attack, our mind, our hearts. We need a shield to quench fiery arrows that he may want to throw at us. But I want you to know something. We don't need to fear him because the God that we serve is so much more powerful. It's like comparing a juggernaut with a micro machine. It's, there is just, it's it, even more than that. <laughs> but friends, I do want us just to be sure that we are guarding ourselves as church as well as God pours out his spirit and awakes us to who we really are. So, just to kind of recap a little bit for those that weren't there yesterday, we looked at a couple of topics in the two sessions we ran. We, we looked at recognising a move of the Holy Spirit and we looked at stewarding a move of the Holy Spirit and how we can do that well as a church. And particularly in my session, I looked at foundations of a move of the Spirit. And I looked at four things, repentance, faith, obedience and hunger. You know, we can't, we can't magic up a move of the Spirit. We can't just force that to happen. The, gift of it, the Holy Spirit is a gift. But we can posture ourselves in such a way that we would know when he is moving and the power of God comes. But I want to just drill down on one of those particular things. I want to look today um, at faith. And I want to encourage us friends, that I can see this in the church. And forgive me if I don't share a particular story from your life where I can see that, that, you know, I haven't seen yet or heard the story from you of the faith that you carry. But I want to say the original founding of Light and Life is a story of faith. People in Garstang praying to Jesus and he's saying, go there, go to Thornton. And they did. They did, and it started as a kid's work, and here we are, six years later, is that right? Six years into that story. It's a story of faith. Each of you who are here right now, stepping into church here and becoming part of the church family, I am sure that there is a story of faith that goes with that. Stepping into something that is a bit unknown. Pastor Johnny... Thanks for leading so well. Stepping into the call that Jesus has put on your life. He said, Johnny, I want you to be a pastor. And he said, okay, yes. <laughs> He's a straightforward guy. <laughs> God speaks, he listens. 
That's one of his catchphrases, by the way. It's a good one. Pastor Stephen, thanks for leading us so well. Thanks for um, hearing Jesus and doing the same thing. Leaving a secure job in teaching and stepping into the call of God on your life. Lydia, (laughs) thank you for hearing that call too. I know what that means for you. Craig, this morning, preaching to Pakistan. Did you even know that? Like, he was on Zoom, preaching to a congregation in Pakistan. And prayed for someone for healing and assist that, that someone was suffering with in their abdomen was just healed instantly. This morning, that happened. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Come on. Mike. Like the same thing, he just shared a story this morning about praying for that same congregation and a woman um, whose ear, right ear, she couldn't hear out of, opened up like that. Through prayer, through stepping in faith into that situation. We had a a time over the weekend where um, Mike actually spoke out in tongues. For those that don't know, just very briefly, it's like a heavenly language that God gives us. It's a prayer language. Um, And he spoke something out, out loud. And Emma here heard that word that it isn't English. So, you know, it needs translating, basically. And there was an interpretation of that very tongue. And God was wanting to say something to us as a church. And it was simply this. God is leading his people forward. What an encouragement. How amazing is that? But there was two things of faith going on there. Mike had to go, God's saying, me to speak, saying to me to speak this out loud. And it sounds like gobbledygook. That takes courage, right? <laughs> and then for Emma to go, I think I know what that meant, also takes courage and a step of faith. But wow, the encouragement that that is to us as a church. So finally, I heard yesterday... Um, John Leach just shared just the story of his dad. Like his dad came to know Jesus in a radical way. Ask him about it. He'll love to share that testimony. But um, he came to know Jesus in an incredible way. He was um, part of the police force actually here, wasn't it, in Blackpool. He worked in Fleetwood. Um, And um, he came out of the police force. So he left the security of that job and, you know, the pension at the end of it and all of the security that that bought because Jesus called him to be a pastor. And um, John recalls that some of the people around him, some of his friends said, well, you've just, you just lost everything. And he said, no, I've got everything. I have got everything. What a response. He said, you've got nothing. And he said, I've got everything. And, and John recalls that prayer was the first and only resort. There wasn't a big pot of money in the bank that he could fall back on. Prayer was the only resort. And that just stirred something in my soul. And I was like, yes, this is the foundation of, of what we have here as church family. What an amazing thing. It stirred something in me. And I want to share just um, in these last uh, few minutes that I've got, in the last 10 minutes, I want to just look at a story from the scripture. 
where it does that very same thing. I hope it does the same for you, that kind of stirring of faith within you. And it's the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer from uh, 1 Kings 14. So if you've got a Bible, either on your phone um, or a paper copy, um, turn with me. It's great to know the scripture. It's, um, it's in the Old Testament, so at the, at the beginning, um, just flicking through. If you need to, look at the contents page if you're not that familiar um, with the Bible and find it. Um, I'm reading from the New International Version, just if that makes any difference. Um, so here it is, and essentially the context of this story, it's always good to get the context before you read um, Scripture. Essentially what is going on is that Israel is in a battle right now with the Philistines. And um, Saul's army are deserting him. So Saul is king at this point, and Saul's army are deserting him. Um, in the previous chapter, it says this, when the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets, among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Like, that shows you how fearful they were. It, fear gripped the entire army. And you know, fear spreads, doesn't it? We only need to look at the media to see that, right? Like fear spreads like wildfire. And they were scared for their lives. They hid in some of the most crazy places. And then it says some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Some people were that scared that they fled the country. That's how scared they were. They were like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go in another direction. So this is the context that we start in um, for this story. I'm going to read snippets of it. Um, so there may be parts where I just skip over verses, but uh, just to make it as uh, brief as I can, but to get the content that I want. So here it is, um, starting at verse 1, chapter 14. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father, Saul. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. So he's in the valley and there's two cliffs either side. And then uh, it tells you the name of those cliffs. <laughs> One cliff stood to the north toward Michmash and the other south toward Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So pause right there. That's a bonkers plan, right? That's nuts. There's cliffs either side of them. They are in the valley. And Jonathan's like, hey, there's two of us. Let's go up there. You don't need to be a military strategist to understand that that is a very silly plan. That's going to fail, right? Or at least you think it would. <laughs> okay, so we carry on. Here's the response of the armor bearer. I think it's, it's just amazing. Do all that you have in mind, <laughs> his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. 
right there is someone that you want by your side in battle, right? <laughs> someone who's like, yes, let's do this thing. There was no doubt in his mind. I'm with you, heart and soul. Even in the most worldly-looking, ridiculous plan in the world, he was like, I'm with you. I'm right there, alongside you. Jonathan um, said, come on then. We will cross over towards them and let them see us. What? Okay, so the only thing that you've got to your favour is surprise, right? So the only thing that might make this plan work is surprise. Nope. What we'll do is we'll cross over the river and we'll go, hey, we're here. What? What sort of plan is this, Jonathan? Come on. So that's what he says. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So they're going uphill in battle. Again, I want to stress that thing. I want to just show you how ridiculous this plan really is. <laughs> Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes that they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armour bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armour bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet. So now you can understand how difficult this terrain was. It wasn't walking up a hill. This was scrambling using your hands and feet. You're not ready for battle in that position, are you? <laughs> You're at the mercy of the hill that's in front of you, let alone the people that are at the top. <laughs> so this, it just gets more ridiculous almost as, as this goes on. But I think I'll share later, just after I finish, just a few little points about what I think in this story. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet and his armour bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army, that thing of fear. Suddenly it got transferred to the other side. Those in the camp and field and those in the outposts and raiding parties and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. Then Saul and all his men assembled and went into battle. They found the Philistines in total confusion, striking each other with their swords. Those Hebrews who had previously been with the Philistines, so there were some that were even worse than just being scared, they'd gone to the other side. They were fighting the other side's battle. So those ones had gone up with them to their camp, went over to the Israelites, so they swapped sides again who were with Saul and Jonathan, when all the Israelites who had hidden in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were on the run, they joined the battle in hot pursuit. Wow. 
What a story. Here's three points as I finish. Faith can look reckless sometimes to those who are around you. Right? This looked completely reckless to do this. It was the worst military strategy in history. It was really bad. But God had a plan. And faith saw beyond what was just in front of Jonathan. I heard um, a quote um, on faith. Just let me find it um, for you here. Oh no, don't worry. Um, faith, faith is essentially when our belief in God outstrips our fear. That is essentially, to summarise, that's what the quote was about. And this is what's going on here in these moments. The faith that Jonathan had in the God that he served outstripped the fear that there was of the enemy and of the ridiculousness of his plan. Like he was so sure that God was going to do what only God can do. So that's my first point. Faith can sometimes look reckless to those around you. The second point, faith looks like taking a step into the unknown. It wasn't absolutely sure that anything was going to happen, right? But Jonathan did it anyway, and so did his armour bearer. What I can see from this story is that Jonathan in some way Yes, in a faith way, it was massive, but he did a small step into the thing that God was calling him into. And yes, there were 20 men that were killed, and they were, you know, but then God did his thing, which was the bigger thing. So there was the the faith step in front of Jonathan that took him into this, and then God did the rest. God did the big thing. Confusion came amongst the army. Fear struck the Philistine army and they were routed. Faith looks like taking a step into the unknown. We do our small part. God does the rest. And then thirdly, faith challenges others and calls people into their true identity. Something of what John shared about his dad stirred my faith again. To be like, I want to be like that. That sounds like what Jesus, following Jesus, looks like. And this is what's going on in this story. And you can see it with the other men um, in the army. You know, they were struck by fear to the point where they were hiding in cisterns. And in caves, they were hiding themselves away in fear. They'd fled to other countries. Some had even joined the other side. That's how much fear there was. But when someone steps in faith like Jonathan did, it calls out of them their true identity. They're like, I see that thing in you, that this person is leading the way in terms of faith and it's calling something out in me. It's calling me to my true identity and then they all come out of hiding, out of fear, step into what God's saying to them, rejoin the army, rejoin the people of God and fight together. I wonder if that's some of us this morning that are just wanting desperately to step into that 
Friends, I've ju- I-, I hope I've done a good job of, of trying to show you that right here, right now, we've got people doing that very same thing. Stepping in faith into the thing that God is saying. May it call out in you who you really are. May you step into your true identity. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Light and Life podcast. Don't forget, you can find all of our past episodes right here, wherever you're listening now. Once again, make sure you're following us so you're the first to know when we release new episodes. Have a great week and we hope to see you back here next time.